Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and I am really excited today um, to be able to introduce you to Chandra Hoser, uh, the owner of Complete Auto Repair, just west of Denver in Colorado. Uh, Welcome to the show, Chandra, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to join you. Well, we, we uh, again, appreciate your time because uh, we know you're trying to run a business and um, you don't really have a lot of time to sit around and talk, um, but uh, we, do, we do appreciate it because we want to we wanna hear from you and, and try to learn from you and uh, help our audience to uh, be more successful in their businesses. So if you would, and if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to, to share with, with our listeners a little bit about your business and kind of its history and you know, what you guys are do specifically and just anything that you want to share about complete auto repair yeah absolutely all right you're it's all you okay so i came into this industry um as part of a family-owned business you know it was dad's garage for 10 years and he knew how to fix cars but didn't quite know how to run a business so he asked me to step in and learn that side of it. So I pretty much self-taught everything I know today. Um, Most of it came from magazines and reading articles about successes and failures of other shops in the industry Mm -hmm. um, and applying what they used and making sure we didn't follow their mistakes also um, to really get us to where we are today. were there were there anything any any special um, um, publications or any special resources that kind of was stood out that other people might enjoy uh, or have an opportunity to learn from that you remember or was there just too many? My favorite publication that I got the most information from was the Ratchet and Wrench magazine. Um, just reading all the stories about the different shop owners and. Uh, seeing what's worked for them was really my inspiration and motivation uh, to further my education to keep the business uh, not only afloat, but moving forward. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that because it's always great when we have something specific we can we can offer people and say, hey, if you hadn't checked out, you know, Ratchet and Wrench, uh, there's some good, it's a great resource. And again, that's what we want to provide to our listeners are resources to help them um, get better. and. Um, so coming into, let me just ask you this, coming into the, um, to work with your dad, had you, I mean, you kind of grew up in the automotive services space, but had you been a, um, had, had, did you have an interest in fixing cars or, um, you know, before you got started? So when I was growing up, I spent a lot of time rebuilding classic cars in the garage with dad. And that's kind of where my love for cars came from was learning all those carbureted monsters. Um, 
but then I went to college into a couple different industries and came back on once dad had acquired a shop and moved on from being a technician and kind of fell in love with the industry and saw a lot of room for change and modernization and room to improve and that really gave me a lot to want to run with to see this industry be a better than it currently is yeah well you you um you know when you look and, and I, I work with a lot of a lot of auto shop owners repair service owners tire shops etc uh, you do tend to see a you know, a bit of old school in many businesses uh, very successful businesses but um, a lot of them are kind of in that old school mentality with you know uh, uh, written papers and you know lots of paper floating around the office and and whatnot so it's almost like you had a blank slate probably when you came home and, and said okay here's what I got you know what do I do with this and I think that's partly what's benefited my success is that I came into it with a different perspective. I had never been a technician. I was never trained in the industry. Um, I knew how to put numbers together, understood what they meant and how to make them work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in with an organized mindset and really saw where my talents could benefit what already existed. And yeah. And and just, he had, just me. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I was just gonna say you had you had just taken over, I guess, in the last year. So um that's accurate, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh so you he had a nine, ten year business going at that point. Um just to backtrack a little bit, what do you guys um you know are there specific um makes or models that you guys work on? Are you a general repair service? place kind of just give us a feel for what it is that you all do for our local your local listeners who maybe haven't had a chance to work with you before sure yeah we're just a general repair shop Uh, we work on almost every make and model Um, we do basically everything mechanical no body work but basically we're your one-stop shop and uh again located just outside of Denver, Colorado. So if you're in that area and you hadn't had a chance to get to know these guys, be sure, listeners, that you get yourself over there and uh, uh, get your old next oil change or get your set of tires or get your air conditioning system fixed because we know it's hot. Um, so let's make sure that uh, we're taking care of those vehicles. And you know what? Today, um, I hadn't even thought about this till just now, but I just left the shop uh, earlier today. Um, I've got, well, I left one auto repair shop and then I've got another customer that's in the used car business that, you know, it's a reseller or a car sales lot. And, you know, it's so difficult today to, to find a good used car. Um, are people just generally hanging on to their car vehicles more now or longer? So I would say within the last year, we've really seen a shift of people wanting to maintain and repair their current vehicle rather than getting into a hefty new car payment. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've seen a pretty big uptick in um, people wanting to maintain their older vehicle and keep them on the road as long as they possibly can. Yeah, and and people are keeping cars longer and uh you know, of course, maintaining them, as you said, is, is critical, but, um, you know, it, it's just hard to go find a good used car, I think, because because a lot of people are hanging on to theirs. And, um, 
And that's great for business, right? It is. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, um, shifting gears on you again, uh, no pun intended, but, um, you know, COVID uh, has impacted the world, uh, of course, and we all know how that, that has gone, but it, it seems to have not been as um, significant in terms of revenue impact in our uh, repair services customers. Um, did you guys notice, uh, you know, a big reduction, a big increase? I mean, kind of tell us the the impacts or how COVID affected you guys. You know, we really didn't have a major impact from COVID. We had about a month and a half that it was a little bit slower, uh, but we have such a great customer base that came in that first week and dropped their keys and said, hey, we want you guys at the end of whatever this is that's coming down the pike and we're your lifelong customer. Just we'll take care of you if you take care of us. Um, so we had a lot of those great customers and also it really made people more aware of um, not going out and blowing all their money on new big purchases like a new vehicle. So yeah. it really didn't have too much of a negative impact on our industry. Well, that's, that's good. So you were able to, to maintain your employees and, um, and speaking of which it, has that been a, a problem at all of, of having enough staff or enough mechanics or any, any of the, have you had any of those issues in your business? We were very fortunate. We were not only able to maintain all of our employees, uh, but we actually brought a few new members onto the team and increased our staff size. Um, so that really wasn't a big issue. There was still plenty of qualified help out there. I guess a lot of the shops that didn't see that they needed to pivot as quickly to accommodate um, customer needs during COVID, we were able to make a quick pivot and stay busy. So we were able to take in some extra technicians, extra front counter staff, uh, whereas they were laid off from other shops. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, and you know, it's it, certainly a good thing because in a lot of industries, we've seen an impact in the last year of, of finding it difficult to find and, and add new people uh, because uh, there just doesn't seem to be as many people working in the um, um, you know, that, that want to work to fill all the jobs that are out there. So it's awesome that you're able to keep your staff and even grow it and find good people to put in place. Um, are you guys in a, are y'all a, a single location shop at the moment? And, and do you have any plans to expand? We currently have two locations. Okay. Uh, both you. of them are in Lakewood. Got it. Two locations in Lakewood. I should have asked you that to start with. So thank you for, <laughs> for letting us know. So uh, you got two locations to keep up and, and running. And so how many employees do you have total? I'd have to go through and count, but we're in the neighborhood of 15. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a nice, uh, I mean, that sounds about right for two shops. Um, and both shops focus on our general automotive work. Right. Okay, great. Great. It's good to know because uh, that means you can get people in and get people out. We've got more capacity to, to service, um, which is, you know, also a challenge of late. It seems like a lot of automotive shops are really busy and uh, the work is backlogging and you're having to wait. Our customers are having to wait maybe a little longer than they're accustomed to. 
Um, so it's nice to have that added capacity. Um, I wanted to ask you because it's it's something that's really interesting to our listeners and and it's really interesting to me and, and I hope everyone else, but you know, I really enjoy um, meeting businesses like yourself where you've got a essentially a woman-owned business um, that's, as I said earlier, kind of in a in a traditionally male uh, business. Um, you know, automotive repair, tire shops, et cetera, a lot body shops you tend tended to be in the old days more male dominated. Was that difficult for you to come in and take over that business as a woman? And maybe you could just kind of describe your experience and 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 your take on that that whole male versus female thing. Sure. Yeah, and you know, some days I still get that from customers that haven't been in before, they kind of look at me funny and say, what do you mean you're the owner? Um, You're not a mechanic and you're a woman. Um, Some of them don't understand still, but most of them are, you know, pretty supportive of it. It's definitely created some, an extra layer of challenge, I guess. But, you know, that's part of what drives me every day is uh, to help make this industry something that it hasn't been for the last hundred years, to mm-hmm. give it some new insight and a fresh take. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, a fresh new look to go with it. And I think that organization, you know, is, is something that I know my wife and, and many women that that, uh, that I've worked with in the past tend to, to be pretty organized. I know some are, but, um, you know, organization and, and bringing things up to up with technology, uh, you probably uh, have been moving in that direction. We'll talk about that too. Um, but it's just inspiring for me to see more women getting into the to the business. And um, you know, what would what advice might you give to a to a a, a lady and and men in, in general too, but specifically for women um, of things they're going to run into, or, or what advice would you give them if they were starting out, kind of where you were a few years back? Yeah, and, you know, one thing that I had to learn a while back is that, you know, male or female in this industry, you got to have a little bit of a thick skin. Um, things aren't always sunshine and rainbows. Um, but, you know, you can either let a challenge cripple you or fuel your fire. So decide which one you're going to let it do, either be against you or for you. I like that. Fuel your fire. I'm trying to write that down. That's why I keep looking away. Trying to write and not look is not a talent that I have. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome advice. And um, uh, anyone, you know, well, let me backtrack. Not every person is cut out to be a business owner. It uh, doesn't matter, you know, in, in my opinion, what the business is or whether you're a man or a woman uh, owning a business, you know, comes with challenges. And I'm curious as to uh, now that now that it's your place, um, you know, any specific challenges that have, have cropped up and kind of slapped you in the face uh, as you come along your journey? Or uh, I'm just curious kind of what, what the bigger obstacles have been for you outside of the, uh, the whole female male thing. You know, honestly, the biggest challenge that I've seen probably is um, kind of the impacts, the aftermath of COVID Uh, That seems like it's brought kind of a lot of crime into our area, which is something that the community as a whole is really struggling with, I feel like, Mm. in our area. 
So have you had to take measures to protect your business that you hadn't anticipated maybe? We've added a lot of extra security features, um, kind of learning to plan for the unexpected more so than we ever have or felt that we would have to. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, I'm assuming like security systems and, uh, and things like that. And, um, maybe, maybe bring the dog in, right. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be the old school way to do it is, uh, is add a couple of, uh, of dogs out to the lot. But, um, it's, you know, that's interesting. I haven't heard that, that issue coming up for others before, but, uh, location, you know, can drive it and, uh, the community that you're in and you know all the different variables that come to place come into play uh, but crime you know is everywhere and it's something as a business owner you've got to to be aware of you've got to protect you know people's assets that they're leaving with you and you've got to protect your people as well um, which is an, you know another burden that uh, that kind of weighs on on business owners um, are there other let, let me ask you about like the the financial piece of the business. Um, you know, how do you gauge success in the business? And, you know, are you looking at the sales figures every month or every week or every day, or are you looking at profitability? I mean, what is it that, that you feel or, or that matters to you in terms of, of prove, you know, showing to yourself that you've had a successful day or week? Sure. And that's something that I review on a daily basis. Um, I feel like if it's anything beyond a daily task that you're not staying on top of it adequately. Yeah. Um, because the numbers don't lie. I mean, that's kind of our scan tool for the business to tell us where we're at, where we're heading, and what we need to change in our day-to-day operations uh, gives us projections for the week, the month, the year. I mean, we're we're responsible for so many people's paycheck and well-being that it's really irresponsible to not be on top of your numbers so that these employees can take home paychecks every week. Right, right, and and you know I think that's one of the bigger burdens of ownership is that you you become responsible for others and and their livelihoods for them and their families. Um, and you know I know to me that adds stress, uh, especially when things aren't quite where they ought to be, and uh, you're you're worried about hitting that payroll. Um, and you've got roughly fifteen people that you're you're taking care of, you know, with the business that the business is supporting. So I, I understand that completely. Um, or is is it you know, are, are you looking at, is it sales, like the first thing that you're looking at, sales numbers, or are you looking at labor cost, or are you looking at parts cost, or are you looking at all of it? So I kind of like to look at the big picture and then drill down as needed. So I guess the biggest picture would be overall sales. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you really have to address each key performance indicator and drill down on what you're doing well and what can be done better. What, what are you, what are you seeing right now in your business that you're, you're working on maybe trying to, or start to working on or have been working on that, that needs some, you know, improvement. Is it, you know, customer service experience? Is it cost? Just curious. Sure. Yeah. We're always working to improve customers, um, customers experience. 
I mean, there's always ways that you can be better than you were yesterday in that sense of it. Uh, one thing that is kind of newer with, you know, the aftermath of COVID is the cost and availability of parts are getting a little more difficult to source and a little bit higher priced. So that's kind of our area of focus for the latest. You know, how do you solve that? I mean, are you are you shopping uh, suppliers or are you working to press the ones that you're already working with? Um, just curious as to as to what you're doing to try to adjust. Sure. Yeah. And we're really trying hard right now to not pass uh, those problems on to the end consumer. Uh, like a lot of other industries are, we're working with our employers to either buy items more in bulk or more frequently to get deeper discounting, uh, making sure that we're shopping every vendor to see who's not only going to get it here the quickest, but has the best price on a good quality product. And and do you find that, you know, a lot of people tell me or a lot of shop owners have told me that, um, you know, you've got the, the traditional auto supply stores and, and shops that are in your in your area that you know, certain items tend to be better priced at each, you know, at this at, at, um, supplier A and then the other items you get from supplier B. Or, or you, do you kind of hop your shopping around that way or your purchases? Yeah, we kind of know which supplier has the best pricing on a select part. Um, but then we'll always double check when we have the time to to make sure that another vendor is not sneaking in behind them to <laughs> do a little better. Yeah. Well, you, you've got to in your business because, um, you know, the, uh, you know, that, that's a big piece of it. And Hey, let me ask you a, a kind of a sideways question or a weird question maybe t- for you, but, um, and I've had this conversation with a couple of people. So I'm just curious. Um, many of the sh- several shops that I've worked with or customers of mine, some, there's a couple that actually allow customers to get their own parts these days because customers are always complaining about the price of parts and they can go get them on the internet and they, they allow that. But many, or I'd say most of my shop owners do not. What, what's your take on that? Do you guys allow customers to get their own parts or, or not? We don't allow customers to supply their own parts uh, just to avoid the hassle of customer bringing in the wrong part or a low quality brand part it just creates kind of a mess and a jam in the shop when we go that route and then we can't give them our two-year nationwide warranty to back it up in case their part fails tomorrow or next week yeah that that's where i was going with it and my and what i usually argue is hey if that part fails you you know you're gonna have to to fix it number one and spend the labor again for free uh, that you got to give away and you can't warranty the parts because, you know, you didn't buy them. Um, so that tends to be the, the bigger argument. Um, but, you know, it, it does surprise me when I see people that allow that, but, but it is out there. Um, so it's kind of interesting to me. How about uh, fleet work? Are y'all doing any fleet work there? We do a fair amount of fleet work. I would say we have probably a dozen um, good fleet accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's a, a great way for, you know, startup shops. And, and it's difficult for a startup shop to go out and get a fleet. But, um, you know, it certainly gives you some some revenue that you can 
start to count on. Of course, you've got to do the work and you've got to do it well and you've got to keep them happy. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it, it is a, a great way to get started. And are you guys in tire business too? Uh, I'm assuming you are. We do some tires. Um, we don't necessarily push for them. We just kind of do it as a customer convenience. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting to uh, to kind of see how how and you know everybody operates and um, um, you know who does what and where and and what to, the best at and it's it's always better to kind of stay in your lane, which is you know general automotive repair um, and and stick there. But you know we do like to take our plate our cars to one place and uh, hey those tires kind of looking rough and uh, and and get that done. What's the you know where I know there's a lot of work that is uh, not as there's some work that's not as profitable as other. Um, you know, what is kind of the sweet spot or the the type of work that that you'd like to have more of? Well, seeing as where we're located, we're kind of at the bottom of two major highways that are um, coming out of the mountains. So we see a lot of brake repairs, uh, just people coming off the mountain that have warped their rotors. Um, we do a fair amount of tires just considering our climate. And again, the location that we're at, people tend to burn through their tires more often than not. Um, a lot of overheating problems. Uh, we're, you know, we're just kind of a severe climate state. And so we see a lot of those more major repairs. Yeah, coming coming in and um, location has a lot to do with that. You know, what part of the the country you're in and what the what the weather and terrain and and whatnot is. But um, you know, I uh, I think that's that's makes sense to me that 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 would be uh, a big piece of your work. And um, and you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of a lot of brake work or a lot of you know some people do a lot of oil changes, a lot of diagnostics. You know, and I know that's an a challenge these days and and speaking of which you know the diagnostic business is 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 good but the equipment is expensive right oh yeah there's not much in our industry that's not expensive equipment <laughs> yeah and so how do you you know how do you um decide kind of now that you've you've taken over the business um have you had to make any major acquisitions of, of equipment or, or have you been able to avoid that at this point um, so I did add an additional lift to an empty bay that we had. Uh, we were pretty much already up to date with all of the latest scanners and equipment. Um, I mean, once once they're more than a couple years old, they're really kind of a, um, ancient in our industry. So we keep everything you have up to, to date. Rotate them in and out pretty much and get, get the latest and greatest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that completely. And and do you guys have plans? I know I started to ask you and I may have earlier and, and then I probably interrupted you, but you've got your two shops today. Are you looking to expand that anytime in the near future or are you content? Oh, uh, you know, not necessarily. I always entertain the other and the idea of adding on another one, but I'm pretty content with two. It seems to be a pretty good level of sanity for me with two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's double what many people have. So, um, yeah. 
you know, the fact that you can handle, handle them both and, and stay sane is good. And speaking of sanity, um, you know, as, as a business owner, um, how do you manage your like work-life balance or do you have such a thing as that? Um, I do. And that's actually really important to me. Um, no, I always preach to my team. I'm like, you know, family first work will still be here. Uh, if you have a family emergency or something and I make sure to prioritize spending time with my family and raising my daughter. And so I work extra hard when I'm here so that I can have that time outside of work. Yeah. That's, that is, that is good because a lot of people, you know, don't have a a balance in their life and, um, uh, you know, it leads a void and, and, uh, it's just something that, that it's always nice to, to hear of people who have been able to structure their days such that they can get more done in the allotted time and, and still get home and, and have a, um, a home life, you know, with their families. And how's your daughter? She's 10. 10 years old. Yeah. What, what an age. So she's, she's busy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I can imagine, um, mine's, mine's 22 in a couple of weeks. So, um, I remember those days though. Uh, and, and I would love to go back to them. So cherish it and, and enjoy that as much as you can while you're, while you're growing your business and uh, finding all your success. And, um, and I'm sure you're going to be an inspiration or you are an inspiration to her. And as she gets older, uh, that'll become even more prevalent. Uh, do you, do you think she'll come up and, and decide to take over from you one day? <laughs> she already loses sleep over that. Um, she asked me about a week ago, she's like, well, mom, when you retire, like it's going to be next week that I retire, uh, she's goes, well, I have to run the family business uh, or can I go run my horse farm? <laughs> how cute, how cute. So, uh, I'm sure you told her whatever you want to do, honey. Yeah. I told her I do this so that you can follow your dreams. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So inspiring. Um, is there is there anything that uh, that you wanted to talk about or share that that maybe I haven't asked you about so far? Um, I guess not anything specifically, really. Um, well, you gonna, know, I just sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I want to be respectful of your time and not not take too much. So um, you know, I, I thought maybe if you had any uh, any words of parting words of wisdom or. Um, pearls of wisdom, as my mother would have said, um, you know, we'd love to hear it. And, or if there's any, anything there that, uh, that I neglected to, to get to that I meant to get to, uh, we'd, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So any, any parting words of wisdom? I guess my biggest offering is, um, you know, find your purpose, find the reason that you want to pour your heart and your soul and your sweat and your tears and your blood into this industry every day and um, make it a purpose to do something that's bigger and better than yourself. Well put, very well put. And, and I think that is inspirational for, for all of us and, um, and doing more than, you know, being bigger than ourselves is, is really something that's, um, that I, I think translates well to the, um, to our younger entrepreneurs who, um, you know, have a, a much greater appreciation, I think, for world issues and challenges and uh, wanting to be a part of something bigger. 
And uh, I applaud you for, for doing that. And, and, you know, also applaud you for taking the initiative to, to own your own business now and, and to run it and, and to be successful and uh, to be out there working every day to, um, to you know, provide a, a great value and great service to the, your community. Uh, which again, just outside of Denver and Lakewood, there's two locations, complete auto auto repair. So uh, for all our listeners in your area, uh, again, if you haven't been there recently, it's probably time. Uh, um, something needs to be tweaked on that vehicle, certainly. So uh, get in and see Chandra and her team. And, and Chandra, you know, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to share your kind of your story and your, your thoughts and uh, inspiring ideas with our audience. So thank you very much for, for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Well, we, we really appreciate you. And, and for all our listeners, we, we appreciate you as well for being here to, to kind of hear the story. And, and please feel free to share it you know, amongst your friends. Um, a great inspirational story um, with uh, Chandra Hosier. Uh, here today with us and, you know, a female entrepreneur and a male, uh, uh, traditionally male business, but that is the, not the case lo- any longer. There's uh, there's lots of women getting into the uh, repair or automotive services business. And uh, if that's something that's a dream of yours and, um, you know, don't let anything stop you, go get in, go get in and do what it is that you want to do. Um, so that's that's my final thought. Thank you for listening to us today, uh, to all our listeners, and uh, we hope you'll join us again for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. And thanks again, Sean. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.